Welcome to Car Talk. It's another Tuesday night here in isolation with Scott, Sleepyhead, Adrian, Alum, and Ed. What's happening, gentlemen? Hello. Mm. Howdy. Nothing much. That's not solid responses, solid responses. Um, <laughs> well, seeing as it's uh, the Tuesday show, we have some topics to talk about. Uh, topic- yes. Topics tonight are the new uh, cars that are allowed to be imported to Australia. Oh, yes. Uh, which, is, which is a big topic. Um, it's all by GTRs from 2009. It'd be great. <laughs> um, we've got, um, t- we're going to discuss what would you prefer to drive, turbo or NA? Um, That's an easy one, turbo. And, and, um, That's the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Um, and we'll also be doing a car quiz towards the end of the show, but we'll start off with some car updates. Scotty, updates with you? Mm, all I did today was give the 31 a detail, a bit of a polish, wax. That's it. Yep. How to come did up? Did you clay bar it first, Scotty? Pardon? Did you clay bar the paintwork first? Clay bar it? Clay bar nah. it, yeah. Nah, I didn't on this one. Didn't need it. It didn't feel that bad. Oh, okay. So I didn't bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the new one where it's like, instead of the clay, actual clay itself, it's like a... A mitt. uh, Yeah, it's like, and it's like rubber, like a rubber kind of mitt thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that as well. Um, It's a, it's a, uh, was it a mother's product? It's like a red thing and you... There's a few different companies making them now, the clay mitts. They um, they work quite well. I think, don't they? They do. Yeah. It does. I haven't used it yet. I just got it. I thought, sweet, I'll give this a go. Because I they like got the, the that we're out. They got I the had... benefit that um, you can kind of drop them and still wash them off properly. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you drop clay, it's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. all over. Um, also, they're a bigger surface area. Like the, the clay, you know, the lumps of clay I have are, you know, this big, like the size of your palm almost, is smaller. And it takes you quite a long time to do big yeah. and stuff, whereas the mitt, you kind of go, la, 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 it's done. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought this would be a lot quicker and probably last longer too. Yeah. yeah. Good work. Clay mitt. Top make, tip. Make life yep. a lot easier. Uh, sleepyhead, Adrian, what are you up to? Sleepyhead. So, any car updates with you so far? I've put a... Bonnet protector and the Falcon. Okay. Um, That'll save it. Yeah, I um, (laughs) bought some rain guards for it. For the windows? Yeah. The little, the little, like my car's got the little. uh, Yeah, yeah, I got tired of every time, every morning. You go jump in the car, you go crack the window just to open it up so you get some air. Drip, drip. Yeah, there's nothing but water in the car. So, Why don't you just turn the fan on in the car? Because I like fresh air. It's still fresh. It's coming through uh, a couple of pipes. Yeah. The air conditioner smells like shit at the moment. So I've got to get ah, some so we've got some problems going on. <laughs> Why don't I you say so, Adrian? We, I understand it, Adrian, because my mum years ago had a Magna, TR Magna wagon, a V6 Magna wagon. I know you Magnas are shit and all that. Anyway, we had that thing for like eight, nine, ten years maybe. 
it had manual windows in it. It was a V V six and it had a few nice options, but it had the stupid manual windows. And Mum has this habit of um, rolling the window sort of up to a point, but then sort of losing interest. But you, so so much that, that you can't see, you know, that it's not fully. And I would wash that car at least once a week. I was obsessive compulsive with it. Was the cleanest fucking Magna wagon in Melbourne, and it, so much so that like neighbours of ours around the corner were like, how, they even asked. They said, "How does your car always look new?" It's eight, like eight years old. How does it always look so new? It's like his head's fucking anal with it. Anyway, I'd put it out the front. I'd get the tap. I'd fill my bucket with soapy water. I'd hose down the Magna. I'd forget to check that mum's left two mil at the top of the window. <laughs> water would run down inside the windows. And I'm like, fuck! Like, just if you're rolling the window up, go all the way up. Don't stop. Anyway, so the rain guards would have, uh, they would have helped with that. Now I know how to annoy you. I'm going to do that. Oh yeah, that's that absolutely that and loading the dishwasher wrong just concerned. <laughs> oh, I'm going to send you photos of my dishwasher. Now. <laughs> See, that's that's someone I can definitely relate to, Ed, in the the Falcon because it's the um, XT piece model, yes. and Ford like oh, like the assholes. They oh. have um they have the wind down windows in the back. Yeah. Um, I've had several situations where I've had passengers and they've rolled down the window. And they just, for whatever reason, have decided not to roll the window all the way up. Yeah. Um, just, just to leave that tiny gap. And I've taken it to the car wash. Water's been inside the car. Oh, uh, just why? What? You wait till you hear the thunk. You know, wind, 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 thunk. I mean, just can't wind it anymore. So I don't understand how. <laughs> I don't know why they're stopping short. You know, why are they stopping short of it? Um, here's a good one for you. When I worked at BMW Melbourne, I sent some people out on a, a late test drive on a Saturday in a one series convertible. And, you know, I didn't go with them because it's a convertible. It's quite small and they'd had beams before, I think. And I was like, look, here you go. Just take it for a spin. So they brought it back at like quarter to five. We were shutting at five. They said, oh, here's the key. Car's packed out in the, out in the side of the driveway, which is fine. And I was like, no worries, whatever. Monday morning, the used car manager comes to me and goes, um, that convertible was parked all weekend on the driveway with all four windows down. Oh. And it pissed with rain all weekend. So the interior was absolutely swamped with water. Oh. I was like, oh, fuck. So, but I'm like, who parks a car? You know, they'd locked it, but all the windows were down. I'm like, <laughs> who parks a car and walks inside like that? Like, don't you like, you, put, you shut things up. I couldn't so understand. What happened then? Did you get Did you get in the shit? I drove it down to detailing. Um, they gave it a really good chamois down and we left it running with the heater and the aircon on to sort of dehumidify it. And uh, nothing was, everything still worked. It wasn't like completely flooded or anything, but um, every surface inside was like saturated with water. So by lunchtime, it was uh, back on the lot out the front and uh, looking okay. Lucky. <laughs> but... I was just like, I mean, I should have checked. It's my fault for not going out and physically checking it. But I was like, also, if you've just been in a test drive and you come back in the car, you'd think you'd shut the car up and then walk inside. That's just me. No, I've got enough, Ed. They're, yeah. they're humans and humans are dumb. Yeah, very dumb. Hey, uh, hey, see, hey. I think it's not, I, I don't think it's humans being dumb. I think it's humans just being assholes. Because no, I'm so sure to their own car, they'd most crazy. likely lock it up. What you're sure not understanding, okay? What you're not understanding is. They were doing the smart thing. They were giving the car potential to be a parts car, okay? <laughs> it's Maybe. all about the potential. Maybe. They plan on coming back on Monday being like, oh, it's a bit, you know, water damage. Could you not, yeah. you know, I'll give you five minutes. Yeah. Maybe that was their plan. 
Um, they, they, they looked at the bomb on their phone and they're like, oh, you know what? It's a lot of rain this weekend. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get this cheap. <laughs> so top tip, number, top tip number one, use, it, use a mitt for your clay barring on the car quicker. Top tip number two, if you're winding a window up, just wind the thing up like all the way. Um, Alan, can't I? Um, I actually went for a drive today. It's quite well, nice. Wait, uh, was, it, was it necessary? Was it? Well, I I went to Office Works um, to get a two meter long USB C to Lightning cable um, uh, at Campbellfield, and it was nice. And uh, I also then went to Aldi, got some blueberries, and importantly, I decided to walk into the butcher. And luckily for me, they actually had goat. It's hard to get goat in, uh, you know, Australia. It's uh, being an ethnic man myself. God, ain't nothing going to beat a goat curry. Um, and it's hard to you know get your hands on it. So I was quite pleased. Uh, I got some nice boneless pieces for myself. Nice bone in pieces for my dad. And Thursday night, we're going to make a mean goat curry. Nice. See, that's essential. And blueberry, yeah, they're a superfood. Super yeah. And you need those antioxidants. That's that's why I um I thoroughly advocate a diet of blueberry muffins. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was my excuse for going out for the day, and I was quite pleased. Edward, it's the little, it's the little things now. Like everyone, I used to hate going to the shop. I used to absolutely like no, I can't be asked going to the shop. What are we going to eat? There's nothing to have. Now it's like, can I go to the shop? Can I go to the shop? Yeah. Yeah, I went to Super Cheap yesterday. Whoa. Because I just, you know, essential item was a uh, car cover. Yep. <laughs> that was essential. And then I just bought heaps of other stuff. Mm. Good. Which, which one did you go to? Sunbury? Sunbury. Was, uh, was Kez and Claire working? Mm-hmm. What about your one, Matt? My car updates? Oh, no, no. Because so, oh, you live out Sunbury Way, Scotty. It's too far. Yeah. Too far. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Ed, car updates with you. No real updates. Uh, I did get the seat back for my Honda Civic. Um, my mate dropped that off, Dave, who you know. Um, so that's had the bolsters redone. And Ooh. so that's ready to get bolted in, but I'll probably save that to the end of the week to do it. You know, that's a weekend activity. You don't want to, you don't want to rush everything, you know, during the week. Um, got a very busy evening scheduled reading old car mags and stuff and doing this. Priorities, priorities. So that's back. And he oh, also, by old car mags, he means old porno mags. It's just a well, cover. It's porn to me, uh, Alan, but, you know, I've got the modern motor auto, autumn 1982 here. Little, uh, Isn't it? Kit. You know, one of those, uh, those blokes like they had on National Geographic, he was making love to his car, was, like washing it and kissing I'm, it and stuff. I, ha- I have seen docos on that. It's really sick. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think Matt J is more along those lines in me. I'm I'm not I like driving. I'm not, I don't want to make up. The things he's probably done in that LTD, you know. <laughs> Cuz he's easy into the older ones. What do you mean probably? Well, you know, saying it with certainty could be, you know, us uh what's the word? is it slander or libel? Which one's written? I got a question for you. Yes. This this 82, I won't harp on about it, but this 82 Autumn Motor Road Test, you know, magazine. Which car would you guys take out of this lot, right? You got, this is a pretty uninspiring bunch. Mazda 323, 82 sedan. Mitsubishi Colt, 82 hatch. Ford Laser, just released. Holden Gemini, Datsun Pulsar, Toyota Corolla. 
what what Gemini was it? Was it like the one of the was it a nice Yuzu jet like the the rear wheel drive ones or was it the new that new box whatever? I, no, no, no. It's the rear wheel drive ones. The last of that shape. Yeah. Could you repeat oh, the oh. list, Ed? So three two three Colt Laser Gemini Pulsar Corolla. I know it's an, <sighs> a, an extremely boring list of cars. It's like saying, do you want? Spiral pasta or flat pasta or spaghetti pasta. It's all pasta. I get it. But if you had to gun to your head, which one would you pick? And what like year are these? 82. All 1982. Mm. Was the Corolla rear-wheel drive? Or yes. Drive? Yeah, no, it's the rear drive. Corolla. I'll go Gemini. But you can still do skids in it. Yeah, what I'd go the Gemini the too. I think I'd go the 323. Three two three looks quite uninspiring from the like eighty the to eighty six editions. It looks basically like a Corolla. Yeah, basically a Corolla. Like Ford at the front and basically Corolla at the back. I don't know. I think I'd do Gemini. Get that, you know, Bogan in me, do some burnouts, get my car impounded, walk Scotty, home. Scotty, what, what would you go? Yeah, Gemini. Gemini all the way. Matty, why aren't you going the laser? Um, because it's just a. He doesn't see the potential. Oh, God. You're never going to let me live that down, are you? Um, oh, the potential. I forgot about <laughs> so if, if anyone's listening to this episode and doesn't know what's going on, listen, you need to watch the previous episode. Yeah, yeah listen to the previous Just watch the previous episode. You'll understand. <laughs> watch, watch the previous episode, yeah? They're, they're, they're going to watch it, usually. You can't um, watch it. You can't well, watch it, can you? Sorry, listen Ed. to... We're recording on video right now. You could easily put up the whole video if you wanted, but you're not going to. Why don't you Ed. do that, Matt? Yes, Adrian, yes. Um, do you want to know the car for your collection? What are you talking? 1948 Austin 10. Oh, an Austin 10. That's a little shiny little Austin. How much is that? Cheap as shit. How it's much? Five grand. Five? Yeah. Hmm. Lots it of money. Uh, it's on Gumtree. Okay. Lots of money spent on it. Um, extremely straight and rust free. Comes in four glass. Uh, restored a few years ago. They're pretty old school, the Austin 10. That, that's a tiny little open wheel, you know. Uh, uh, no, not open wheel. Doesn't it have, it's got like old school big rounded mudguards. This thing. Ah, oh, that, oh, Presley's. Yeah, I've seen those guys online. Yeah, five grand for this thing. Hmm, not bad. Does it run? Yeah. Or it's did it run when it stopped? It's not a, it's not a great road trippy car. It's cool. It's a, bit, it's a bit old school for me. Yeah. You, see, you see, if, if that runs, it's still better than Adrian's BMW. <laughs> That's true, Matthew. Hey, Matty, don't start shit, okay? Because you just don't see the potential. Can you get a Porsche for five grand? 3800 yeah. No, less, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, what you could understand is you're going to get the Porsche for $3,800 and spend two grand on a broken ass Commodore to get the Alice money out of the broken. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. moving on. Uh, car updates with me. I've had a pretty productive last couple of days, actually. I um, I, I don't uh, asking. Oh, you're so you're, you're so nice, Adrian, aren't you? Um, Love you. <laughs> I um. What did you do, Maddie? So I cleaned yeah, up Maddie, the LTD. Uh, I, I cleaned it all up. 
um, and then I also um, fixed all the body trims around it because like they were like some of them went on properly, so I took them all off, cleaned them all up, uh, got the double side like the automotive double sided tape, put it back on neat. Actually, Did looks you get a that lot. From super cheap? Nah, Bunnings. Um, oh. um, because I got they got like the heavy duty stuff there that just sticks like shit. So did you go to Bunnings? No, I had I had some ages ago. I had some spare. So I had some spare from the last one I put on because I only put one of them on and the other ones were, were, were a bit crappy anyway. So I took them all off, fixed them up properly, um, gave the car a good vac and clean, um, gave it a run, drove around the block a few times and parked it up. And that, that's pretty Did you good. Skids? No, I didn't do skids. Um, hmm. But I, I, I might have somewhere to store it, which would be nice. Um, so hopefully like they can, uh, within the next couple of weeks, they'll, they'll clear up some space for me. They, they said I'm more than more happy to, to hold that. And the 124 for me um, when I'm not using it. So that, that's pretty good. Really? Where is this uh, secret location? My mum's uh, place of work, her new, her new workshop. Oh, because they're not, are they not operating? Uh, no, like they've, um, they've got space at the back undercover. So they're, they're like, she works in a new place now and they've got like tons of space. Okay. So, so, okay. so mum's like, well, <laughs> story is they asked me um, to design a, uh, a logo for them uh, for their, cause they're branching off into a new company as well. Yeah. And they're like, how much do you charge? I'm like, well, what can you offer me instead? <laughs> so, <laughs> I can offer you one the car space. And you're like, no, make it two. Make it two. Um, so hopefully, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually about to start working on that logo tonight. Um, start playing around with it. And yeah. But the, the, the overarching um, thing here is that the, the LTD isn't yours. Well, my brother doesn't seem to want it anymore. So. Um, but that's not, that's not your problem. That's now his problem. No, well, no, no. Hang on a he second. Whoa, whoa, he whoa, whoa. Calm down. It was always in Maddie's name, which means technically it's his. Yeah, it's in my name, but it doesn't mean it was my car. So yes, it does. That's usually what it means. Anyway, um, why so, don't you uh, get Luca, Luca to sell that car? Getting my brother to do anything's very hard, uh, Ed. So um, that reminds me of when I try to get you to do stuff. Wow. I just don't um, think that you should have to deal with that along with all the other shit you've got. You know, that was kind of dealt with a while back and now you're still dealing with it. And I hate dealing with things that are not my problem anymore. I know. It, that, that sounds like it's uh, it, it becoming a pain in the ass. Well, look, it's... Well, maybe you should now. buy it off him. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Um, so, did that... What happens is that... How much do you want to sell it for? Well, I wouldn't sell it to you. I'd, for you, a million dollars. So... Um, there you go. That's just, that's just rude. That's just I'd give it to someone for 50 cents before I'd be giving it to you, Adrian. Um, that's just rude. <laughs> I uh, see the potential in that car, and you're gonna no, act like you, that you don't. Um, you act so, like that towards me. So, uh, and today I had a, um, a bit of an up and down battle with, with um, two of my cars. So, I decided to fix the um, fuel sender unit in the 124. I looked up the tutorials how to do it. It's it's a pretty straightforward job. So I um uh, I pulled it out, uh, tried to open it up, but the actual nut underneath was so corroded that it's it's just completely stuffed. And like uh, and I turned it upside down, and like chunks of like um just just corroded um you know metal inside of it's just coming out of it. So it's a bit too far gone. Um so 
got it apart, had a look at it inside, and it's it's pretty beat. Like I tried cleaning it up, but it's just you know it's too far gone. Like you can clean it if they got a little bit of gunk on them, but mine was just way too far gone. So um, so I was like, shit. Now I've got this big um, gaping hole in the in the boot of my car with where the where that should go. Um, so what I did was I uh, put it back together, uh, popped it back in there, and ordered another one. Um, so that should be coming tomorrow. Um, but while I was out there working on the on the one two four, um, apart from my Forester came, which was my footwell illumination kit. Um, oh, in the US. In the US, and it's as they say, directly plug and play. So it just um, plugs into the existing loom. Um, and now when you put the lights on, because it's got mood, it's got like mood lighting um, when you put the lights on anyway. But now this just puts it in the footwells as well. So and, and that was a nice little, little easy. Um, yeah, factory option because it's from Subaru in, in America. Um, made in Canada, believe it or not. Um, so I put that in. Uh, that took me about half an hour, 45. Um, I didn't cut any holes or anything. You, you don't need to. You just, you just kind of just, just bolt them in place and they, and they, they stay. Um, so, so that actually, it, it, it looks, it looks kind of nice now. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with that for, for like a little cheap mod. That's pretty good. Um, what so it's, light are, the, are the lights? Oh, it's, it's, the same, it's the same LED blues as the other mood lighting in the car. Okay. So like, it all it all matches in nicely. So it's not like different yeah. colors or anything. So uh, otherwise, it'll look a bit weird. Um, yeah, because yeah. again, because it, it's a it's a it's a factory part. So like they they kind of keep them you know all the same. Um. So I put that in. Uh, so it, it's always good when the uh, when the Australia Post guy or the uh, DHL guys or whoever comes. It's like Korea. Christmas. Korea. Yeah. It's like it's like Christmas to us car guys when when they, when they when they drop off car parts. It so, is now, so, you know, when they come to your house, you're like, woo, got something cool. Yeah. And then you see something. a cough on the package and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, he was, he was wearing gloves and he asked me for my name and he, uh, and, um, and like, he just, he, he put the package next to me and he walked off. Like he didn't shake my hand. He was wearing yeah, gloves. You don't, you don't, you don't have to sign for stuff now. Oh, for nothing anymore. So I was like, oh, okay. Cause I, I was, I was really outside working in the car anyway. And, and I saw a van pull up. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's my, my parts. And sure enough, it was. Um, so, so that, that was my win by getting that done, but, um, my, uh, fuel sender unit should be here tomorrow morning. Um, so uh, just explain, explain to me the fuel sender, what was wrong? Like, what does that do and what was wrong with it? So basically how they work in the one, two, four, they've got, um, it's like a big tube and in that tube, um, basically they, it's got like, it's got two wires and a, and a rod. Um, and it's got like a little piece of plastic that slides up and down. It's, it's, that's like the, um, uh, the float, the, the float. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so wherever the fuel goes, it, you know, it rises it up and, and it's, and yeah. on those two middle wires is where it, um, it's, it's where it's, you know, it's got one for low, one of the wires is for uh, low fuel and uh, for the light. And the other one is for, um, uh, just, just to say, just to say where it is exactly on the actual, um, on, on the so it was your gauge not working correctly? Is that why it was, you? It's, it's been at, it's been at middle for the last like four years. So. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so like it's been it's been something I've been wanting to get to for a while. Um, and I've, there was a lovely adventure where um, <laughs> Matt uh, lent his car to his uncle, I believe. It was, yeah. And um, he uh, he told me to fill it up before he dropped the you know dropped him off at the airport. And Matt, you know, believed that, and he was on the way to the station one day, and then bam, getting off the ring road. There was some trouble, wasn't there, Matt? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lack of juice, lack of juice. 
The, uh, yeah, that uncle time. of mine didn't fill it like he said he would, and he left me stranded. So <laughs> I was getting messages by the guys saying, where the hell are you? I'm like, just start the show without me on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, but I won't have that issue anymore. Um, so I've got a brand new genuine part coming. Um, How much was it? Uh, it was $300. Ooh, Matty J, you are overcapitalizing on that car. Yeah, I know. But at the end of the day, I said to myself, I'm not going to run out of fuel ever again. Um, and, it was, and it's been something I've been wanting to do for ages. I've been wanting to fix this thing. For, Couldn't you just get one out of a, out of a wrecker? Like when you can go to a wrecker? Well, I called, I called my wrecker and he's, he specifically told me, he's like, don't get us, don't get a second hand one of these. Cause they, they're all in the same shit corroded, you know, on the inside. Um, yeah. and he's like, just, just, it's just easier to get three hours to have a new one. He's like a second hand one's 150 bucks anyway. I'm like, oh, I'll just get a new one at that point. Um, what would one cost from pinch apart? Like, wouldn't it I be? Don't know. I don't actually know. I well, if you could get under your shirt, I'd say free. Never. <laughs> I think I don't think they'd be that much from a from bigger part or whatever. Um, anyway, look, I've, you know, it's it's it is what it is. I've, I ordered it. It should be here tomorrow morning. Um, pop it in, and it should be good. Um, so so that'll be my that'll be my little job for tomorrow once I pick that part up. Um, Adrian, Matt, do we do we do we have any figures on how much you spent on this free I don't car? Know, legacy or something? It's a Um, let's just say enough. So this car at this point is worth, like you know, it was a free car, but you spent more than the value of this car. You know, if you had purchased it, I think at this point. Hey, right? hey, you stop! Stop it, Alan. You don't see the potential. <laughs> well, just 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 doing some maths. That's all. You know, you know what, Alan? I have enjoyed, for the most part, uh, working on the car uh, and learning. Exactly. Learning, and See, learning. I told you potential. You think I'm joking? <laughs> learning about it and fixing it up and doing little things to it and, and adjusting things here and there and, and tinkering away. It, it's been it's been fun. It's actually it's actually been a really good experience. Um, you know, like I've never really like delved that far into a car like that before. So. I mean, okay. Look, I can. I've got a list of how much it's cost me, and it's, it's a little bit. I had to get a new alternator. Uh, three grand. Give us the figures, Matty. The people want to know. Start with a three. No, it's more than that. More than a three. It starts with a four. No, no, it, it's, it's in. It's in the threes. It's in the threes. Yes, yeah, like I was right. Thirty-eight hundred or some shit at this point. So Basically I mean, look, four. alternator, fuel pump. Uh, then I had the fuel. Um, the sensor or whatever you had that yeah, done. The, sensor, the, fuel, yeah, the power steering. Power steering had to get that done. I had a new box put in that. That, that was probably the most expensive bit to get done. That, that cost me nine hundred bucks. Um, uh, got that done. Um, what else? Uh, new steering wheel. Well, secondhand steering wheel. Um, a whole bunch of secondhand parts. I mean, you know, getting and grabbing here and there. Uh, real wood trims on, on the way. Wood trims on the way. I dropped it at my friend. Yes, wood trims on the way. Um, I've shocks uh front shocks i buck uh, sorry uh, bill, bill steins as as ed would say like bill steins. um that's they're good shocks they are good shocks um what else have i spent on it uh getting getting the um that dino that oh. dino, the the mixtures all, all sorted out the yes um the, the fuel pump relay hey i got one a new one of those um what else have i done uh, just 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 other other than that it hasn't 
been anything else really. It's just been... other than basically everything, you haven't had to do anything to the car. I, I haven't touched the transmission and I haven't touched the actual motor. So yep. the, only th- the only things I've done on those were just regular servicing. And yeah, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Oh, and the air conditioning I had to get a regas, but apart from that, it's fine. So, <laughs> so we're looking at four grand, right? It's three. It's mid to high threes, is what I'm going to tell you. Three eight. Mid to high. Mid to high. Once it hits four, that's it. That's just. Well, I'm not spending anything more. All I need to get now is is some tires because my tires are pretty crappy at the moment. So. So it's like eight hundred bucks. Yeah. So that that'll take me over. Bob Jane specials. Bob Jane specials, man. That's all I'm getting on there. Um, and that should that should get me out for about sixty nine dollars each. And then, and then it'll be good. I like the Xenon and shit. Four grand. You can have a mint one. I know, I know, but you know, know once what? once once it gets to four grand, he's gonna crash the car, and then he's not only gonna get the cars value. That happened. That already happened. Already happened. Yeah, that happened. We kept that a secret, but that happened. How many cars have you crashed, Matty? Let's not talk about how many cars have crashed. Um... <laughs> How many guys have you crashed? A lot of them haven't been my fault, okay? A lot of them haven't been my fault. Because I, I remember, distinctly remember you picking on me because I crashed the NS. Oh, no. Matt's like the winner of any kind of crashing competition. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so mm. that will be my, my car updates uh, for now. Um, but moving on to tonight's topic... One of them, actually. Uh, new cars that we're allowed to import into Australia. Scotty Doe. Uh, this gets you all excited. I, I, can, I can see the look yeah. in your face. It's awesome. About time. So, so what's happened with the laws in particular? Like, like how, have they, um, how have they adjusted them? It took many, many years for one person going backwards and forwards going to all meetings with everyone to try and get this through. All right. Um, and, well, as you can see, finally, we're allowed to import cars because, I mean, well, there were so many we couldn't import because we had them here in Australia anyway. We just couldn't bring in different versions of them. Okay. So, for instance, you got the Forester. So, yeah, we sell the Forester here, but you couldn't import a Forester STI. We never got them here, but because we had the Forester, you couldn't get it. Mm. Um, That also goes for the Evo wagon. Because we sold the Evo 9 here, you couldn't get the Evo 9 wagon. But now you can. That's really weird that you could still... We sold the the Evo 8 here brand new, but then we could import... Evo 8 as well. Like, that makes no sense. Well, it's just got Evo 8 MR. Is that the only reason why? Well, I'm not sure because you can get in, you can get any kind of Evo 8 in. I think we should go to a break. Yeah, let's go to a quick break. We'll be right back after this. All right, so we're back here uh, on the Tuesday show, still in the studio with uh, Adrian, Ed, Alum, and Scott. Um, we were just before the break, we we're talking about uh, importing the new importing laws in regards to what's happening here in Australia. So Scott, you said one man did all this work for us. Pretty much single-handedly. So Who is this man, Scott? Pardon? Who is this man? 
His name is Christian. He's with um, Iron Chef Imports. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. So he's been doing it for years, so trying to get these laws through. So what are the laws now? Like, how, how is it different than before? So now you can bring in uh, cars that we sold. So as I was saying before, we sold the Forester, yeah. which meant you couldn't bring in any any kind of version of the Forester in at all. Um, so that, yeah, took out the high-performance ones because we never got them, so you couldn't bring in those. Um, that also goes for the the Hondas, so the Civic Type R, the O2 Civic Type Rs. You couldn't get them in, but now you can. Um, you can get in the Altezas now as well, which will but be I'm popular. Sure, but I'm sure we had them here, though. Like, people sold out, unless they were personal imports. Probably personal imports. That's okay. the only way you can get it is personal import. Okay. And as I, as I said on the topic of the GTRs, um, because they were sold, obviously, in Japan and elsewhere prior to them being sold in Australia. So I believe it was a 2009-year model. Um, you can basically import those models because at the time they weren't available in Australia. So there was no, I guess, competing model. And um, you can, in some cases, pick up like a 2009 GTR for like 60 grand. And that's considerably cheaper than what you can get anything in Australia for. And Australian Nissans wouldn't touch them either. Really? Yep. How come? They just didn't want to service ones that weren't for Australian market. That's it. Yeah. Is that yeah. why um, things like, you know, the Lexus um, SC, you know, 400s or whatever they were and the Toyota Sauras, they were allowed to come in under under sort of grey import laws because we never sold them here, obviously. So that yeah. that opened up that window. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I know a friend, of, a friend of mine's very keen to bring in a Honda N1, which is basically the, the modern version of the little Honda Scamp 360. You know, it's like the, the new retro version of that car. Yep. even though they were never sold here, but for some reason you couldn't bring those in until this new law, and I can't remember why that was. Um, it's, uh, it's got to do with the years now, the years have yeah. changed. Have they done the 25 years properly now? So they've got the, some, it's something else now with the years. I can't remember 100%. I'll have to yeah. read it again, but the document's huge. Yeah. I kind of just skimmed over it really. Hmm. But one thing they have said is, um, I believe it was, I think it might have been Prestige Motorsport that said it, is cars that um, come in and that can now come in still have to be complied. And mm, okay. um, until somebody's done some compliance work, you can bring the car in, but you also got to wait for that compliance work to go through and then your car can be compliant in the same way. Yeah, uh, but so it, it, yeah, uh, it is an opportunity for people that want, like I guess, free compliance work done to their car if they want to be the very first, like it's going to be like a, a popular or a high volume car. Certain groups are actually willing to get behind that. So yeah, even on Iron Chef Imports, he said, um, since, you know, the first of a vehicle coming in, the compliance is going to take longer. It'll take a few months probably to get that, to get that sorted. Um, yeah, and traditionally yeah. that, that has been or can be quite expensive because you can have to change seatbelt mounts and door intrusion bars and like all sorts of stuff sometimes has to be changed to make it meet regs here. Yeah. Just depending what needs to be done. Yeah. 
Now, I um I saw like there was something a um a cord euro type R. Um, well, a, a, a cord user, I think it was called a euro R actually. Um, yeah. And in the comments, they were like, uh, "Yep, available now." However, um, we're selling it at a discounted price because this will be the card that needs to get complied. If you're interested, we can we can definitely do that for you. I'm like, oh, that, that's that's kind of cool. Hmm. So, so yeah, some interesting times ahead. I mean, but you wouldn't think there'd be too much difference from from a, like a, a standard cord euro here to one of those. Yeah, I'm not sure. You wouldn't you wouldn't think so in terms of compliance type issues. Um, and I, I don't know, Scott. Do you see this you know this new regime or new laws or regs as you know a lot more of these cars will come in, or just a handful trickling in, trickle in for enthusiasts? Uh, I think I would probably give it a f- few more years and then you'll see a lot more of them coming through. But at the moment, I think there's still a lot of people who don't really know what you can and can't bring in and unsure going through the compliance and things like that. So I think a lot of people are still a bit unsure. Mm. There's yeah, a people has been popping up, but yeah, I think, I think people, so are, people are waiting for the first few people to do something wrong and see... <laughs> Like uh, where where the consequences land and kind of where what goes on. Yeah, like I just saw the first Evo wagon pop up. That's going for mid twenties. Wow. Okay. Do you think that's a good price? Is that reasonable? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean that's pretty much an Evo nine, but in wagon form. And you yeah. have a look at what Evo nines go for. Yeah. You're looking at what forty, forty or yeah. more for Evo nine. Because Evo eights are about, well, Evo eight MRs are about thirty, thirty-five. Yeah. So Evo nines have always been more, but there's not that many Evo nines around because we sold them here, but we didn't sell very many, so it's hard to find Evo nines. If if it's that much cheaper, then I think people will embrace it, and it'll become a bit like New Zealand, where you know anything can come in within reason. Yeah. Yep. I mean, New Zealand's awesome. It won't be as good as that, but it's about time we've caught up because we don't have a market to look after anymore. No, and that, that was the whole reason there were. Yeah. And it, it's actually interesting reading even this, uh, harking back to my 82 uh, autumn edition of Motor, they mentioned repeatedly in these 80s magazines about quotas and they said something about how the Mitsubishi cult, oh, we couldn't bring in more because it had already capped out its quota. Like they actually, you know, capped how many of certain things you could bring in as a company to protect, no doubt, the local manufacturing. Um, and and you think, what what would these cars, like great cars, and I'm not suggesting the Colt's a great car, but, but great cars from Europe, what would they have done in this market in the 80s given, you know, if they weren't capped, like how many more would they have, have sold locally? It's... Yeah. I sort of, I never realised, like when they say, oh, you sold 500 Peugeot 505s in 1984, whatever it might be, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's the market, that that was the demand. But the demand might have been way more. It's like, no, nah, that, that's all you can bring in. You know, too bad, so sad. Which I guess when you think back, we've always had low numbers of cars come in. Yeah. Special editions and things like that, we get so very little. Well, often that's because it's a world, you know, okay, we're producing 2,000 worldwide and you divvy it up by the markets and Australia's a pissy market, um, you know, relative to the rest of the world. So it's like, all right, Europe might get 1,000 of those, Australia might get 150 of those and, you know, it's just the, it's just the, the 
the bad thing about being a, a small slice of the pie, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. I um, guess we should be able to bring in a lot of special edition uh, WRXs and STIs too now. Yeah, like, like some like 209s and stuff and all those. Mm. Yeah, so interesting. I just find it really interesting. Um, again, that it's, it's like this whole other thing, how this works now. Because, again, like we sold RX sevens here, uh, and then they were then they were sold here as well. So, um, and then they were imported here, and like Altezas and stuff like, and Evos like like Scott. When you bought your Evo, was that owned by someone already? Was that or was that a um, was that straight off the boat? Um, I think it was just straight off the boat, but it was already complied and everything, so I didn't have to wait. Okay. I think, I'm not 100% sure, because I got it from New South Wales, so. Okay. It was through a dealer and everything. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one, actually. Yeah, that's all right. Like, just because it, it always got me thinking, I'm like, you know, all these new laws and stuff, but then, you know, like people brought in Altezas and stuff before, um, but uh, surely they couldn't have all been personal imports unless it was like some, some sort of special model of Alteza or or something weird. I, I don't know. I'm uh, sure there was some, you know, dodgy things happening for sure. But this is good news, Buster. It's good that there's these companies, I was just going to say, like, like Iron Chef Imports and there's a few other... I forget the name of the other ones, but there's a handful of them out there that they do everything for you. You can basically put in an order and say, find me a blue one of these under this mileage and, and, and they'll go source it from Japan, show you photos, send you all the details, you know, but they bring it in, they comply it, they get it registered here for you. And basically it's a, it's a turnkey operation um, where you just say, I want this and you pay them a fee to do that. And yeah, that's what I did with Iron Chef Imports when I used them. Yeah, it was- they just you just put through budget what color you want, you know if you're picky whatever color. Yeah. Um, they'll just start sending you through auction sheets with those cars on it. You just have a look at the auction sheet and go, well, I like the look of that one. They got a guy over there that checks out the car and gets right up close, gets proper photos and everything, and yeah. you know, and then you can start bidding and go from there. It's not a bad way to do it, and I I, I feel I would feel a lot more comfortable now doing that with one of those companies than than the minefield before, you know, and being scared you're going to get stung with extra fees here or extra customs or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, it's not as dodgy as it was now. No, no. It was bad back then. A quick question oh. on that, Scott. Um, when you said bidding, do you just tell them what's the highest bid you're willing to go to and they obviously do it, or do you partake in the bidding live, like you're in contact with the man in Japan as the bid's happening? Uh, there's two ways you can if you want. Um, but usually you just, you know, you've already put down on your form of what your limit is. So they make sure when they're bidding, they stay under that. So if you lose it, then, yeah, they'll just let you know. Or if you've won it, they'll let you know. Mm. So that's how they do it. And and they have um, certain, like, protections in place as well for buyers, right? Where if uh, the deal goes sideways or something you are protected, like you don't just lose, let's just say, 60 grand if you're trying to get that GTR over. Yeah, I mean, everything's done through the um, proper Tokyo car auctions and things that go through there. Um, The vehicle's checked over 
by the by the guy they've got over there, like completely checked over for everything. Um, there's like an auction sheet that comes with it too. It tells you the grade of the car and where they've got damages, and that's done very thorough, very detailed as well, yeah. which is good. Um, yeah, and then when that process is done, straight onto a, a ship, brought straight over, they choose the compliance place, and then the compliance place will be in touch with you. He'll continue sending you emails for um, just import duty taxes and customs and all that kind of stuff that you just got to pay, just forward the money through, and then you'll get a call and say, hey, your car's ready, and go and collect it. Will will they tell you like okay it'll it'll be this much the car will be sixty grand plus import plus this so it'll come to this grand total price of this nothing more or is there always hidden fees and stuff? Uh, on his site, he always puts up like a an estimation because only because of um, because of our our money because it's so up and down with money transferring into yen and stuff so he can't give you an actual. 100% figure, but the figure it gives you is pretty damn accurate. Okay. Like, I'd imagine a lot of the fees, particularly import fees on our end, would remain static based on values of the car. Yeah, but as yeah. Scott said, it's more on some days the yen might be valued at, you know, what is it, like 82 yen to a dollar. Some days it might be like 72. So factoring that in is pretty important. Yep. And then he, usually when it comes to compliance, he always factors in like four brand new tyres. So the compliance might seem a little bit more than usual, but he always factors in that anyway. So, okay. Yeah. But compliance usually is, oh, I'm not sure now, but it used to be about three grand, like two and a half to three grand to get it all complied and signed off. And what does that entail? Just the, like an engineer going over the car and stuff or? Yeah. And they got to put a sticker on it. Um so on GDRs, they got to put in like a child seat anchor in the back. Okay. So the child seat. Um, some of the older GDRs have to put in side markers, like indicators, side indicators. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. There might, there might be some other things, but... Yeah, it depends who you go to. Like some compliance places, like you got to have everything on that car, hundred percent stock. Yeah, so everything all original. Um, some of them don't mind too much, but yeah, as I said, depends. So for me, I was lucky because with the GDR, the sus- the rear suspension was wrecked, and I said I got new suspension. It's just not here yet. And he goes, Ah, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. So I was lucky with that. I would have had to get two brand new original shocks and I've already got new suspension coming through anyway, so it would have yeah. been a waste of money. No, that's cool. So um, what cars are we able to get now? So we're able to get, does that mean it can open the floodgates for pretty much anything or are we still limited? Uh, I mean, anything old, anything that we used to sell, we can get all the different models in now. Um, I'm sure there's probably some limits, but I'm not sure what they are yet. Okay. I've just been seeing, like, you can get, uh, it used to be the Lexus, Lexus GS300, I think. Yep. That was the 2J No Turbo. No Turbo, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now 
you can get the GS300 2J version. All right, okay. You can get the actual the twin turbo 2J version now. You can import that, which you weren't able to. Cool, cool. So it's weird. Uh, it's, it's really exciting. I think this will have a chance to see a lot more cars that we haven't seen before. I know, I know Ed's uh, not super keen because he likes Australian Delivered, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm not too bad with it for stuff that we never got here, you know, like, like Dave wanting to bring in a, an N1 sort of thing. It's like you, we never sold those here anyway, so if you want to bring one in, well, you know, that's the only way you're going to get one sort of thing. You know, I'm sort of all right with that, but I don't know. I'd, I'd always rather choose if I had the, an Aussie delivered version of something, but like you say, Scott, there's... There's models we just never got, you know. So, yeah, you know, I don't. And now that there's no local industry, not that I really cared much ever for the local industry, but um, it sort of makes sense, you know. You think, oh, well, why not? Whatever. They still keep the luxury car tax, though. Yeah, I was going to say they would. Yeah, that should disappear, really, shouldn't it? Yeah. Or at least drop. Hmm. It's making too much money off it, so why would you? No one's got any. No one's got any resale value anyway, so just just piss that off. <laughs> I wish. Um, moving on to the next topic. Uh, mm. So it is turbo versus NA. Now I'd put supercharger. Turbo case closed. <laughs> <laughs> End the episode right now. Right now. Um, but I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a really good um it's a really good discussion because. They are two different types of motors. Um, they they drive differently. Uh, I'll leave it to you guys because like the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was looking at the original Honda NSX, and in its time, it was facing up against like the GTR, Supra, uh, RX7 twin turbo. You know, really powerful cars. Um, it didn't have as much power as any of those cars, but it um you know it it still was pretty damn weaponry on the um on a, on a racetrack or on a toge so um does it matter necessarily that those turbocharged cars are better in that instance or are na is still quite good in even in this modern day and age where everything's going to turbo i'll leave it to you guys for that I think it's, you know my two cents with would be it's horses for courses it's in certain applications you would not, you would never not have a turbo. Like, like look at where diesels of, of, you know, I'm a big diesel fan. Look at where they were and where they are now in terms of a modern common rail turbo diesel. My God, they're amazing. You know, in terms of the economy, the torque, um, the way that power is delivered, you know, it's much more linear now with a turbo. You sort of wouldn't imagine now ever having a diesel that's not turbo. And look at the, like the Land Cruiser, you know, my mate just bought a 70 series Land Cruiser Troopy. Um, you know, it's a twin turbo, I think, V8, yeah, diesel. Yeah. I mean, that's an insane <laughs> engine. Um, it's free power. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. It's it, There's no downside to it in that application. You know, reasonably low boost. It, it turns a torquey diesel into a very drivable car. So I think for oh. diesel engines, 100% on turbo all the way. I just You just would not have it having you know the flip side of that a lot of modern smaller petrol engines you know they're getting smaller and smaller and adding a turbo to get that economy and that efficiency and they're delivering sort of power and torque outputs that that a much bigger engine used to deliver so 
if you can get that gain without having the fuel usage or the weight of a bigger engine, then it kind of makes sense. And, you know, the technology back in the day, like back in the 70s and even into the 80s with people like Saab, um, you know, turbos were highly strung, high boost PSI things that were constantly stuffing up and needing to be replaced, you know, whereas now we've kind of perfected it. You know, turbos by and large now are, are pretty damn good. They don't, you know, you don't hear of people, I, I mean, on some cars like the Holden Cruises and things, but, you know, on on, um, on most cars, you don't hear of people replacing turbos every 10 minutes or having them being ridiculously expensive to replace. Yeah. Um, well, well, this is a this is a good point because a lot a lot of like most even just standard cars are coming with turbos like Swift turbos and Civic turbos and all that stuff. But in terms of like getting on the more performance oriented uh, cars, let's say, um, for example, like a real nice high revving naturally aspirated engine over something that's like like a, like a turbocharged car, for example. I couldn't picture a WRX without a turbo. Like it just that that, that car was born in the water rally. You know, it's really most pretty much all those cars. Well, they they all did have turbochargers back then. Um, you know, and it's like a naturally aspirated one of those doesn't work. But for example, Honda uh, with their VTEC systems, and I know, I know Alan's going to disagree with me here because I know how much he dislikes uh, Honda VTEC. Um, but you know, it's they're still nice to still nice to have that that real nice power band all the way through, and they just rev to a million RPM, and it's visceral and it's a bit more raw. Like your MX-5, Ed, like, you know, it's naturally aspirated. You know, they don't have a lot of power, but you can still wring its neck and have a bit of fun. Um, you go better with a turbo. I mean, same thing with with hot hatches, though. Like, for example, hot hatches of the early um, 2000s were all just big motor in small car. Like, there, there wasn't really turbochargers until, like, mid to late, or I should say really late um, 2000s when the GDI and, like, Astro Turbos really, really you know, stepped up the game, I guess. Um, even though we had the cars like the Corolla Sportiva that had like 141 kilowatt. Um, so, I mean, it is easy power um, and it's you've got more tunability there, but doesn't necessarily make for a better car. But as Ed was saying, there's no downside to turbos anymore. Yeah. There's no, there's no lag. Um, there's no putting extra pressure um, on the engines anymore. There's so much R&D put into turbos that, you know, they last so long now. You don't have to leave the car running with a turbo timer and look like a douchebag when you're walking away with your car still started. You don't even need that rubbish anymore. I mean, even the new Type R is turbocharged now. Yeah. Even Honda's moved away from just Mm -hmm. high-revving engines. From just that high-revving VTAC because they realised it was far more noise than substance. Um, not, not that I have a bias because they've got to rev so hard so you're putting more strain on those motors anyway with without turbos so why not put a turbo on there where you don't have to rev them as hard and, and make and, even more power and torque and and variable valve systems have their own you know shortcomings as well and failures so, yeah I mean, it, the E46 M3 is an awesome engine but boy is that thing highly strung yeah I mean, it limits you how much you can rev it for, you know, five, ten minutes. Yeah. Warm up before you can get I was going. just going to mention that, like, you know, you had people, when I was at BMW, you know, I sold E92s and E93s with the naturally aspirated, you know, four-litre V8. Yeah. Um, 
and people were hell bent on that car. And then when it went to turbo with the, back to a turbo six, you know, with the next one rather than an eight, people were like, Oh, it's a six. It's a six. It's not the eight. It's not the eight. It's like, and I'd say to them, hang on. It was always a six, like yeah. an M three was a six. That's what it was. And it was a straight six at that. Um, we only did one V eight. Now it was good, but the new twin turbo six is better and quicker than that eight. I think yes, they still in, fell in love with the idea of an eight or the, the noise that an eight makes. Um, you know, I mean, whereas, awesome, but as you said, it's, it's, we only did one, you know, the, the lineage and the history of an M car was a, traditionally in an, in an M3 was a six. I mean, they like, had the four cylinder M3s uh, like in the E30s, but like after that, it was pretty much six cylinder galore. Yeah, the whole so, way. E36, E46. Um, most M cars early on were sixes, not eights. Like, like in terms of noise, I will agree that a nice rumbly V8 usually beats anything. Um, yeah. And then even, you know, you get like a V12 or a V10 rumble. Those are those are lovely sounds. But again, you're needing these big engines to get that. Anything lower than that, a V6 sounds like dog shit and everything below kind of N8, there's not much to go on the sound. It's, there's usually nothing to write home about, even mm. if the VTEC is, you know, flowing with the cannons <laughs> like uh, my mate's S2000. It's you need, If you want the good sound, you're going for those big engines and then you've got to deal with, basically all the shortcomings of the big engines, except nowadays they've got obviously the cam shutoffs and everything else, but still like you're dealing with an entirely larger item to get in some cases, very similar power to what you can get in, um, in really small form factors. I know the, the most recent Koenigsegg, it's like a three cylinder engine and they're making wicked power out of that. It's mm. part of their, uh, what is it? The Jesco or something else that they've got it in. But it's, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But you're going to think of how much strain that engine would be having on it because it, it, it'd, it'd be that much boost pumped into it for such a small little engine with such small displacement to make that a massive amount of power. I'm, I'm I, think, I think it's a to... testament to how far we've come in our development of engines and turbochargers. I'm really interested to see what they do down the track. You know, things like the Mercedes A45 AMG. You know, now you sit that side by side with a BMW M140. The BMW was a three-litre straight-six turbo um still but it was a big you know whopping six-cylinder motor in that little hatch the a45 was a two-liter four-cylinder you know much more highly strung turbo um i'd love to see with a hundred thousand k on it is the mercedes just yeah. rooted you know because it's been had its neck wrung its entire life and the bmw's okay or are they both similar you know i mean and then you look at things like the bmw i8 you know, and that was a, it's an electric motor in the front and a 1.5 litre three-cylinder turbo running the rear axle. Um, and, that you know, with the uneven note of that, it sounds phenomenal. I mean, that's a 4.4 second car, which is, it's not the fastest supercar out there, but it's but it's for an environmentally conscious super quick. Um, yeah. And you think that's a combination electric motor and a turbo three-cylinder. So if you'd said that to me 10 years ago, I would have gone, you're insane, that's not going to happen. And That's 441 kilowatts. Yeah. Just, just out of the, the turbo three cylinder. It's not nothing, you know. Um, so How I, many I think. Yeah, I Even think that. Big supercars are downsizing. Aston, Aston Martin going smaller and putting yeah. twin turbo. Yeah. Um, Ferrari it's, turbo in. It's sort of like a mountain bike yeah, getting more gears. 
you know, we started with a penny farthing with a giant wheel in the 1800s and, you know, there was single speed and, yeah, they went quite quick once you got them up to, up to speed. But then people went, oh, you got gears and, you know, you add all that in and much more efficient way of doing it. Same yep. kind of a turbocharger. All right. So, so would you prefer to drive a turbocharged car for here and in or if you were given the choice between a model? I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you guys a... a um, uh, scenario here Nissan a Silvia S15s you could buy them with an Ortec uh, four cylinder which is naturally aspirated or you could buy them with the turbocharged um, SR20 they both had the same power which one would you buy? turbocharged you go turbocharged yeah yeah I think I'd go turbo you can easily just put a brand new turbo on it and you'll have stuff all lag It'll run better, make more power than when you get to back exhaust to put in a front mount and yeah. then a bleed valve. And you know, you're doing very illegal things very quickly. Mm. Yep. <laughs> well, well, most people, if you talk to most people now who are, who are buying modern cars, you know, out of any showroom, any brand you want to name, they wouldn't know if the car's turbo or not. Like, yeah, they actually wouldn't be able to tell you most non-car people if it was turbo yeah. or not because they're so seamless in the way they operate and the the way they, they they help boost the power. It's not like the old days of nothing, 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 whoosh. You know, it, it yeah, just, exactly. it's not like that now. Yeah. Are you, are you spot I think on the BMW were the ones that started doing that, getting rid of turbo lag completely. Well, they... With that um, three-litre six, they won International Engine of the Year two years running with that motor when it came out yeah. around 06, 07 in the E92s, yep. I think. And they had two smaller um, spool turbos, you know, lower PSI, but but coming in um, at lower RPM. And it, it was just they every road test of that motor, and it was wasn't still is very good to drive, um, was just so linear. You, you couldn't feel where the turbos were. Were coming in and not. Yeah. Um, unlike and the Subaru, Subaru Liberty B4 oh, I drove years ago. I was about to say that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I remember that. I drove one when they were new and it was like whoosh. And then there was about a dead zone of a couple hundred RPM. And then it was another whoosh. And it was very, <laughs> oh God, this thing's all over the shop. Yeah. Scott's, Scott's got one of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what wow, it was like. Single turbo now. Yeah, but he's a single turbo now. So. Yeah. Better, better. So did you modify that to be single? Uh, I got mine. Someone already did the hard work for me. Okay, okay. So, so is I, that a, that's a common mod on that on that car, I'm imagining. Yeah, because it gets rid of that whole vacuum lines that always failed and everything along with yeah. it, getting different boost levels on the turbos and yeah. obviously the big dead zone as well. So well, the, the one I drove was literally a press car. It was brand new when I worked for a company that we used to road test stuff and we all said, this is not right, you know, right, and that was that was a brand spanking car with a thousand. Yeah. Days. Um, having said that, the ride of that car it was on was it on factory seventeens? Yep, I think back then that was quite a big wheel back then, um, and we were so impressed with how that car rode uh, on the seventeens. It was really compliant, um, just felt great on the road. Yeah, we anyway. got the original sale um, sheet for it. Whoever bought it the first time. Nice. It was like over sixty grand. Yeah, they weren't cheap. Big money, big money. Yeah, you got the optional oil cooler on there too. Ooh. 
Oh, okay. Big bucks. Big bucks. So, yeah. so Matty, is that, is that turbo all round? Everyone's turbo now? I think so, yeah. I never answered. We don't what care, like, Adrian? We just assumed. Are you a turbo guy, Adrian? Depends on what you're talking about. You're talking to de- two different gener- generations of motoring. So you really need to... You can't just say turbo or, or NA. Because what are you talking about here? Are you talking about a... This isn't fence-sitting city, all right? This is car talk. you got to decide. <laughs> Make your points and decide, Adrian. Well, use Maddie's example of the S15. Oh, no, because you can't talk about the S15 because you're yes, talking you about something that was made to be turbo that is NA. It's the same as getting an SR20D and a Pulsar. They're not made for that. They made the SR20s to be DET. That's what they're renowned for. But you put a DET, a DET SR20 up against you know, some 454 big block, they have 454 every day. V8s were made to be NA. Yes, they don't make as much power. I'm going to 100% say that. But you will never, ever, ever be the rumble of an old school V8. No. So Noise-wise, noise For me, it goes NA all the way, especially in a V8. You, you're talking well, it's, today's it's generation. See, see I, think, I think you're applying a specific kind of exception and then trying to convert that into the rule. I agree that if you were to look at, you know, all sorts of engine sounds and everything else, the old school, you know, heavy V8s have the sound. But when you consider living with a car day to day, having fun with it, um, you know, the V8 starts to have a lot of drawbacks, particularly when it's carbureted and you're using 20 litres of fuel, you know, just to go yeah. down to the shops. Well, at the same time, I can guarantee, because I have had it in the past, when I've had the chase up, that was turbo. I took the blow off off that, so you, you'd get nothing but those. There was times where I would be sick driving home, and that flutter would just piss me off because of the fact that the noise would give me more of a headache than what I already had. So <laughs> but there's upsides and there's downsides. You did it to that car. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> you make flutter. The doesn't way, flutter from factory. The, the way that I look at it is all cars in a... The way that he looks at it is he creates problems and then he invents new solutions for them. <laughs> all cars, NA, turbo, supercharged, whatever it is, they all have their good points. They all have their bad points. And it's it's hard to say which one's better. Get off the fence, at, Adrian. If you look at it from more of an engineering point of view, then yeah, turbos, they're, they're coming into fruition. That's what they are. But then in saying that, you're looking at electric engines now. Electric engines are better than what turbos are. That's why all hypercars are going electric engine as well. So I'm still going to stick with my NAs. I love the stand of a good NA. Like your NX? What sound does that make? Nothing? I'm broken? What about your BMW? What sound does that make? Oh, wait, nothing. I'm broken as well, yeah? Yeah, when your car breaks the head gasket, I'm going to come past, piss myself laughing. Look, it's, it's a 260,000 case, hasn't done it yet. I'll probably be able to last at the life of the car. That's and then, okay. I'll get a, then I'll get a 2020 STI. I don't care. Okay. Hey, Adrian, isn't your current daily a turbo? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one car that works, huh? It's just a little... Yeah, yeah, it's a turbo. 
<laughs> it's because of the fact that it's a Ute. What, what's that got to do with anything? I wasn't going to buy an NA Ute. Unless Why, it's a Why? Why weren't you going to buy an NA Ute? What? Because <laughs> I wanted more power. For one I have to throw. Get a V8 Ute then. Turbo, 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 turbo. So, what good V8s come out these days? That's uh, good for towing with. Let's see. Nothing from BMW. Um, nothing from Ford. You can get the shitty Alice ones, which everybody's got. Um, yeah, nothing. Unless shitty you go spend ones. 30 grand. Yeah, I hate does, Alice ones. Does, does everyone in this podcast have a turbo car? I think the answer is yes. Matt's got Forrester. I've got a Pajero turbo diesel. Adrian's got his Ute. Alan's got the WRX. Scotty's got the Subaru. Tyrone's got we the all, We all have turbo cars. Yeah. There you go. We're going to go to our last break of the night. We'll come back with the car quiz right after this. And we're back on Car Talk where we've just discussed uh, turbo versus NA and the latest with our import laws. Now, um, we've got the car quiz, which uh, the, the boys will be, will be taking. Um, so... How the car quiz works is I ask 10 questions. Whoever gets the most right out of the 10 wins and becomes bragging rights champion for the week. Um, who won so, last week, Matt? Uh, who did win last week? I can't even remember now. Uh, I think it was me. I think it was, it was me. It was you. Yeah, it was you. That um, <laughs> no, was me. Thanks for remembering. Yep. I've been bragging to everyone. Uh, I, I, can, I, can, I can tell. Have uh, you, you been? Have you put a bedazzled on your car? Uh, car took bragging rights winner. For, yeah, bedazzled. Yeah. I've got a funny little thing that I saw today. That just before we do the quiz, I thought I would mention. Yeah. You know, I was watching. I was watching the Scott Morrison uh, press release. You know, he comes out of the the office and gives the latest on the whole situation in Australia, whatever. Um, <laughs> And as you're watching it on Facebook, it's got people writing comments in the column alongside it, you know, like it, it pops up, like, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? I disagree. I love him. I hate him. Whatever. Anyway, so all I'm watching it for about 20 minutes and all these comments are sort of flowing past on the Facebook feed. And in amongst it all, which is all about COVID-19 and, you know, the whole country and whatever, here's one from a guy that goes, hey, you Falcon for sale, PM me. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's gold. That's so he goes, he's got his priorities right in this, exactly. in this uh, you know exactly. situation I saw, I saw oh, him last man. week go, go Scott that's probably the same one was it for the VL? The, oh no 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 different so what this is a woman you know how they have the one on the side that does sign language yeah yes. oh, yeah. yeah someone wrote on there and said um you know, it's a little bit disrespectful. Someone standing on the side doing a TikTok dance while our prime minister is trying to speak. <laughs> That's brutal. You know, I'm not saying I want to take away the sign language people's jobs, but couldn't you just have um, somebody typing out what the prime minister or the person is saying, and just have that as text on the screen? Just put captions on. Tick captions. Yeah. Just mm. put captions on, and that helps not only you know people that can't hear but you know people that just generally would have some issues i guess yes um kind of understanding off the volumes off it would help everyone and you don't have to waste you know what i'm assuming is probably 65 to seventy thousand dollars a year employing this person to do hand signs on tv true well, that's the job <laughs> yeah wonder... government 
government if, contracts are a license to steal, so you know. What if the what if the deaf person can't read, but they can only read sign language? That's some bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The one I saw the other day was: um, Has anyone got a VL Turbo for sale? I love it. Uh, so this is the cartel right, pack. Uh, you got to buzz in with your name. So buzz check, please. Oh. Hey. Scotty J. Oh, that's too long, Scotty. Just go Scott. <laughs> it just sounded good. That's all. <laughs> Scott. Let's go Scott. Scotty J. Scotty J. <laughs> oh, Scotty J. Uh, and Adrian. <laughs> oh, Bobby. He's having, he's, he's having a bad day, Adrian. He's doing whingy. Question one. How many limited slip differentials did the Ford RS200 have? The, the Group Alan. B replica. Alan, Alan, it, had, it had two. Incorrect. Yeah. Oh, it, it had one. Three. It did have three, Ed. Yes, well done. Three. That's three. a little shit. Sounds like a lot. One in the front, one in the back, and one in the middle. Um, wow. Question two. The Lancia Stratos had how many cylinders? Alum. Alum. Uh, let's just go with three. Incorrect. I, I wanted to say four, but uh, damn it. Ed. It's five, isn't it? Uh, Ed, go. Would you it's believe... seven. <laughs> Alum, <laughs> would you believe I saw one today? A real one? An actual Stratos. I walked out near the park near my house and I rang Maddie Dart because it was on club plates and there's a bit of contention about driving club plate cars at the moment. And it just was motoring down High Street near my house. And I was like, God damn it, that's a rally spec Stratos. So I rang him and I'm like, I just hold out your hand. I just saw this driving down High Street. Because he knows that he's seen that car. Anyway, the answer to the question, I think Alantia Stratos, I've got a feeling it's a weird number of cylinders. I think it might be five. Incorrect. Damn. Scott, give me another chance. Scott got in there. It's six. It is six. It had a Ferrari V6. Well done, Scott. Um, question three. The Honda Civic Type R first originated in what body style? Scott. Scott got in there. Uh, the EK? EK, correct. But uh, for, uh, for an extra half point, what type of body style was it? Hatchback. There was a hatch. Well done. So 1.5 to you. Well done. Um, question four. What car from BMW is known as the clown shoe? Ed. Ed. The uh, the M Coupe. The first M Coupe. Yep, correct. Well done. Uh, question, uh, question five. The Guinness World Records fastest engine exchange of a VW Beetle had a time of what? Jeez. Like, do we have to have an exact time? Because that's some bullshit. Whoever gets it closest will win. But um, Alan. Alan, go. 58 seconds. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll actually let you guys will have a go at this. Ed. Uh, this is putting an engine, pulling one out and putting one in. And driving away. And driving away. Correct. How many people were working on the car? 
Uh, hey, that's just extra information. Answer the damn question, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence. I'm doing an Adrian. Um, All right, you disqualified, <laughs> Scott. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three minutes. Okay, uh, Adrian. Wasn't it something stupid like thirty-eight seconds? What, Scott? Four minutes and fifty-five seconds. The actual time was one minute and six seconds. So Alan was closer, so he gets the point. Yes. How, I is got that a point. Even, how is that even possible? It was all a scam. Mm. Like, so, uh, the... here, here's the next question for that. Question six. Where did this Guinness World Record take place? Ed. Ed. Like in a country? Mexico. No. Alan. Alan, where? It was somewhere in the UK or some shit. It was on a stage, wasn't it? Incorrect. Uh, Adrian. Adrian. Germany. Incorrect. Scotty Doe, last hope. Oh. Um, Sweden. Alan, can I go for another one? <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, you, you know, it was the States, wasn't it? It wasn't the States either. Oh, that's right. It was, believe it or not, in New South Wales, Australia. What? Yep. There you go. Wow. See what happens when you get the levers around. <laughs> Crazy. What did he say? <laughs> it's when you get the levers around. Get uh, all the cousins. It, see, they they mistakenly gave it the uh, the world record kind of plaque, but it was actually them stealing an engine from a car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Question seven: The Chrysler Crossfire shares its platform with what car? Ed. 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 Mercedes SLK. Does. Where was for question eight the Crossfire assembled? Alum. Alum. Uh, Mexico. Incorrect. Damn it. The answer to everything can't be Mexico. <laughs> no, it's just a lot of American cars and stuff are assembled in Mexico. Ed. Ed. I think it was assembled in the US. Incorrect. It better be Canada, I swear to God. I ain't saying nothing. Might uh, be Germany. Uh, um, what was Scott, the question? I wasn't Scott. listening. I'll go Germany. It was in Germany, correct? It was in, it was built mm-hmm. in Germany. Um, question nine: The Opel Speedstar is known as the what in other countries? Speedstar. Adrian. Adrian, yes. Was the Vauxhall? Vauxhall something or other. I'll give you half a mark. Alum, it was Vauxhall V6220. Not V6220, that's incorrect. VX220, sorry. VX220. That's what I meant to say. Yes, I'll give I you that. I'll give you it's that. It's amazing what happens when you look at Google, eh? Hey, I've been paying attention, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, quick score check. Uh, Ed's on three, Alum's on one and a half, Adrian's on 0.5. How about on a half? Scott is on three. You gave Scott an extra half point. I should at least deserve the full point. That's some bullshit. Well, uh, well, Adrian named the brand. So, and then yeah, Adrian got most of it. Yeah, he did. Um, a Vox or something or other is not most of it, sir. 
Question Don't 10. hate the player, hate the game. Shut up, Adrian. <laughs> Hang on, Matt. Did we get the answer to that last one? The open speed. It was stuff? the Voxel VX220. Okay, Voxel VX220. Okay. Question 10. So, Ed or Scott can win it here. You other two are complete losers and you're not going to win. Um, so, <laughs> question Story 10. My life. What two engines did the VX220 slash Opal Speedster come out with? Don't look it up, Alan. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. You can't stop me. Um, like what, what, how, what are we expected to know, though? What are we expected to know? Are we expected to know displacements? I don't know. Yes, so I'm after displacements. And uh, if there were... Probably you know, asked for, but anyway. Okay, go, Adrian. I know one was a four-cylinder turbo, and the other one was, was a big stick. Alan. I think one was a four-cylinder turbo, and one was just an NA four-cylinder. Yes. Can you can you give me for an extra half a mark the displacements of each? Uh fuck. I don't know. I'd say it's something like two liters, but was it a Toyota engine? Well, see, this is where this is where it gets interesting. That car was based on the Lotus Elise. Um, but they used that they used actually uh, like a like General Motors engine. So they used the Astra Turbo engine, the two liter, uh, and and then a two point two, the, the two point two. Yeah, correct. They used the um the Astra two point two SRI motor as well. So you gave it away, Matt. Giving me Astra engines, huh? Yeah. Oh, they did. So uh, the winner tonight is Scott on three point five. Well, yes, three point five. So Ed's on three, Alan's on three, Adrian's on 0.5, and Scotty's Doe's the winner with 3.5. Well done, Scott. That's uh, there's some tough questions in there Bragging tonight. Bragging rights. Bragging rights. It was all thanks to that uh, Honda question, I think. You can bedazzle your car with uh, <laughs> uh, Bragging Rights winner of, of Car Talk Car Quiz for, for this week. I got to uh, message my friends. You know, I still don't <laughs> have a Car Talk sticker. Dude. I've got to be here waiting for you. It's coronavirus, sir. Can't go out for useless shit. Alan, I think I've got one. I'll I'll, I'll mail it to you. Yeah. Well, you, you give away your one from me. I see how it is, Edward. I see yeah. how it is. Let's That's just right. say I'm not a fan of stickers on cars unless it's the original dealer sticker. <laughs> Let's just say you could put that sticker on other places to promote uh, the podcast which you feature on. Mm-hmm. Like, well, on, like bus stops. And... You want it on my toolkit? Where do you want it? Put, Put on, on like a hobo's bindle. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Send me your address, Alan, and I'll send you one. All right? I'll, I'll, put uh, in I'll send you. I'll send you money for the stamp. Be like, how much the stamp now is like the a dollar, dollar or some shit. A dollar. Yeah. It's gotten ridiculous. It's crazy. Too. Can't even send snail mail anymore without selling your left nut. Uh, all right, guys. Well, um, that is car talk for another Tuesday night. Uh, thank you to you all. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, yes. If you miss any of our previous episodes, they're all up on Shout Engine, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasting app. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review um, to uh, to Car Talk. That's T O R Q E with Matty J. Like and share our Facebook page. Uh, it's Car Talk with Matty J. Um, we post up all, uh, you know, posts on there. Um, next week, we should be able to go live for the Sunday kickback again. Um, so, yes, I'm I'm going to be uh, sorting that out with Zoom. Uh, I get paid tomorrow, so that's that's ideal. <laughs> um, 
And then, uh, uh, yeah, we should be good. Alan, give you a short plug. Uh, check out Sunrise Arcade. Um, we're a video game news show. We're on Shout Engine, iTunes, and Spotify, and all that. And you can like and share our Facebook page. It's just facebook.com forward slash Sunrise Arcade. Cool. Thank you. Uh, any more shout outs, guys, or we're heading off? Are we signing off now? Shout out to Adrian for taking a nap the entire time. <laughs> I think we didn't notice, but we did. <laughs> Are you um, to say, I'll PM me. Yep. Yeah. You got a VL or an AU, you know, let us know. All right, guys. Take it easy. I'll see you next time. Catch you later. Yeah. See ya.